Welcome, friends. You are listening to the podcast for First Christian Church in Fort Myers, Florida. To learn more, join us online at fccfm.org. It is a blessing to be able to share God's Word with you today. Thanks for joining us. I had to pray for some major attitude adjustment this week. Probably none of you see this ever, the day after Christmas, as the most useless day of the year. Uh, I don't now, I really enjoying it, but man, as this past Monday, I was like, are you kidding me? I mean, we have had this great season for weeks. We have decorated and, and we have partied and we have celebrated and we have eaten and we have baked and visited and eaten and it's just been a great six weeks and then I started thinking about, now it all goes back in the box, I mean, I pull in and I look at the lights. I'm thinking, man, those clips on those gutters are going to be hard to get down. <laughs> then, who, what idiot wrapped the palm tree 140 times with a string of lights? You know, I'm like, who does these things? And then, who goes to church the day after Easter? And honestly, after this last Monday, I'm like, I wonder if I can bail on this. You know, this should be the youth guy preaching today, not me. You know, we should have somebody else. And then, I, you know, occasionally, I know none of you do, but I have a bad attitude once in a while. So I had to go back to what I know, and I knew the Bible's good for every day, so I went back and said, I just got to read the Christmas story some more and find out what I'm doing wrong, and then I realized Christmas doesn't end on the 25th, so I went back, and I read Matthew, and I read Luke, and I intentionally started after Jesus was born. I mean, we know that story, don't we? You know that story. You know, the angel comes to Mary, then the angel comes to Joseph, and then she's pregnant, and then nine months later, they go to Bethlehem, and and then uh, it's 90 miles. They probably walk. You that think the donkey, read your Bible. It might have been a donkey, but the Bible doesn't say anything about a donkey. So, uh, you know, they get to Bethlehem. They have the baby. The angels come. The shepherds come. The wise men come. And we know that part. So I went back and read the story. There's a ton of stuff that happens the day after Jesus is born. You know, there's a lot of things. So I just begin to read, and I was like, oh, God, give me, give me something that's worthwhile, these people coming to church on the day after Christmas. Because I'm proud of you. I really didn't think anybody would show up. I mean, as of my attitude Monday. But my attitude's different now. And, uh, and I, I just think there are some things in the Scripture that we can learn from. And so I hope these phrases, three phrases that jumped out at me after Jesus was born that I think maybe can help us. The first one's in Luke, in the second chapter of Luke. After the shepherds come, after the shepherds leave, after the angels, all of that, there's this verse, verse 19. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And I realized there's a lot of Christmas that we need to keep in our heart and think about often. I mean, we love this last six weeks, and I just thought of three or four things. The first one is just the spirit of celebration. I mean, I love everything that goes on with the season, and we celebrate, and we party, and we have those great times, and we have friends over, and it's all going on, and then we put it all back in the box, and we go, I'm glad that's over. Man, there's still a weary world that needs to rejoice, and I just want to encourage us, if there's something to hold on to, one of the things to hold in our heart and to think about often is just the spirit of celebration. Just do it again. Something that was great, do it next month. If you had your friends over and you go, well, we had them over for Christmas, have them over for 
Valentine's Day or something, I don't know. Do, but let's, let's this attitude of celebration, let's not put it back in a box till next November. Let's be willing to continue that. Another thing I saw that I think we need to hang on to is just the spirit of generosity that we have. You know, we've talked about a lot of different things, and I love the candy bar story some of you are telling me and, and those kind of things. I did, again, yesterday, Linda and I have a tradition Christmas Day because our kids go visit the other families, so instead of sitting home crying, which we did the first year, we go to the beach. And so for lunch, for Christmas, we have our traditions. We have nachos with cheese and a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. And uh, I walked over yesterday at lunchtime, and I got our lunch, and there's the guy at the counter, and I go, dude, you are like the most important guy at the beach today. And he kind of woke up and said, what? And I said, what would we do without you? Man, it's amazing that on Christmas Day, you're here. We depend on you. And he's like, well, thank you. And so then I'm looking at the candy bars. I go, man, so many selections. I never know what to get. He goes, can't go wrong with the Reese cup. Bought a big giant Reese cup, not the cheap Reese cup, the big Reese cup. Laid it on the counter, paid for it. I said, hey, that's for you. Merry Christmas. He's like, whoa, man, I'll use that on my break after a while. Why are we going to start, stop doing that now? You know, we just carry this spirit of generosity through Christmas and we're giving people gifts and we know how good it feels. Why not keep doing that? Why not be generous? It's who we are as a church. I brag on FCC all the time. We announced a few weeks ago the Kentucky tornadoes and we needed your help and we seeded that fund with $5,000 and a check for 12,000 went in the mail Friday for that, for Kentucky, for you guys. Yeah, and there's... And there's been, a, there's been a couple thousand more given since then. And, and we are a generous people and God honors generosity. And we know the joy of generosity of this time of year. Let's keep that going. Let's not stop. Let's hold that in our heart and make it a part of what we do. I think another thing we need to hold on to after this season is just practicing the presence of people. How many of you have spent more time with people in the last 30 days than you do normally do in a year? Yeah, you know, and a part of us goes, oh boy, have I, you know. But it's good, the relationship stuff. We had a staff party at our house. Our staff is so much fun. I love our staff. When our families get together, we just have a great time. And then I'm sitting there thinking, we haven't done this since last December. We haven't got together since last Christmas. How sad is that, that we just do it at Christmas? So, you know, I think we gotta practice the presence of people. We gotta start doing things. Some of you have spent time with your neighbors that you haven't done all year. Don't wait till next Christmas. Practice the presence of other people. Some of you, let me talk to just us old people for a minute, okay? You younger people tune out. Most of them are at home. But you younger people that are here, tune out for a minute. Guys, we are in a situation to be generous to our kids and our grandkids. We are in a situation where if we want to, we can travel to them or we can fly them to us. They don't care about a big bunch of money when you die. They want to spend time with you. Book the plane tickets, fly them here, go see them. You will never regret practicing the presence of people and relationships And we think about that at Christmas. We go, oh, it was great. We all got together. Don't just do it at Christmas. Do it all the time. The fourth thing we need to hold on to, I think, is the example of Mary in our heart and think about it. Sean mentioned it a minute ago, just Emmanuel, that God is with us. I love the message translation. Eugene Peterson said, the word became flesh and moved in the neighborhood. I just like that, don't you? 
If I would just realize it's not some, some great religious spiritual thing to say the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He moved in the neighborhood. He lives in our house. He lives in our heart. And we feel that at Christmas time. Why not feel that all the time? Why not be aware every day we get up, God is with us. Everything that we walk through, God is with us. Every time something comes down the road that's difficult to be able to say, God is with me. The power of that and the joy of that. I was just glad when I went back and reread the Christmas story that after it was all over, what a great example of Mary to hold some things in her heart and to think about them often. The other thing I found was in Matthew. If you go back to the the Matthew story of the nativity, it's when the, the wise men, Matthew tells us about them and you know the... They come, they follow the star, they get to Jerusalem. King Herod says, hey, when you find this new king of the Jews, tell me where he is so I can go worship, but we know he really wants to kill him. So the wise men go, they find Jesus, they leave their gifts, and the verse 12 says, when it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route. Those three words, by another route, just kind of jumped off the page because that really is what some of us need to do. Christmas is over, but some of us need to choose another route in some areas of our lives. For some of us, maybe the first time, maybe it's the first time you've been thinking about Jesus, you've been praying about it, you've been, been just navigating this research phase of your life about being a follower of Jesus, and you've come to an understanding that all of us are sinners and that we all need a Savior. And maybe for the first time, the new route for you is going to be to say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to be connected to him. Maybe that's a new route for you, and it's going to be a route that's going to change your life. We did a series here a few years ago talking about letting God write our story. We talk about how every day, in every situation, in every decision, we either let God write the story with the direction from his word, or we choose to write the story. And that route always takes us the wrong way. Maybe this is the first time you're going to say, God, you write the story. And your route is going to change. I thought of some other areas that some routes maybe need to be adjusted. Maybe you need to go a different route here after Christmas. For some, it's in our finances. Some of you need to go a different route with your finances. And you've been talking about it for years. I know the first 25 years of our marriage, we talked about being out of debt. And we felt like that was all you had to do was talk about it. (laughs) It didn't help anything, but we talked about it a lot. And I just kept spending money. And then we got serious about it and realized the freedom of being debt-free, how generous we can be, how great it is to bless others, and the freedom that comes from that. Some of you just need to take a new route and admit you're clueless when it comes to your finances. And ask somebody to sit down and help you Develop a plan to honor God and to live with the finances that you have. It would be a different route for your family. You lived with the burden of your debt for years and the mistakes you've made. It's time to choose a different route. Some of us need to pick a new route in our marriages. You just need to, to not settle for what you have. And I'm not talking about a new marriage. I'm talking about a new route in the marriage that you have. I want to make sure you hear that. I want to make sure I said it right, because last, last service I talked about the day after Easter frequently. So did I do all this in service? See, the, the, the staff plants that in my mind. They came out afterwards, and they were going, Easter, Easter, Easter. It's Christmas, the day after Christmas. Some of us have settled for mediocre in a relationship that God wants to be amazing. 
Some of us have been doing it the way we've been doing it so long. We go, well, you know, but we're, we've been married for this many years. Listen, pick a new route. Put your spouse above yourself in everything you do and say. Pick a new route of respect, a new route of honor, a new route of love, and see the relationship that God wants you to have, not what you've settled for. Pick a new route, as the wise men did, in that key relationship. Einstein's the one that said the, the definition of insanity is what? Do the same thing over and over and expect different results. Some of us need to take a new route in our spiritual growth. You know, we, if you ask, what are you doing about your spiritual growth? You say, well, I come to church every Sunday. Well, yeah, you've been doing that for 10 years. How's that working for you? You know, and I'm not saying don't come to church. What I'm saying is do something else besides that because coming to church, if that's all you're doing, is not growing you spiritually. Pick a new route. Pick a new study. Pick a new Bible. Pick a new reading plan. Pick a new group to be in. Find something to do that will enhance your walk with God that will turn it up. The wise men picked a different route going home, and I just thought, wow, what a great truth that would be for our lives if we would pick some different routes in some areas. The other passage was back in Luke. After the shepherds left, after they went and saw the baby, after they saw Mary and Joseph, it says, after seeing him, they told everyone what happened and what the angel said to them about the child. All who heard their story were astonished. These were not prophets and priests. These were not educated men. They weren't preachers. They didn't develop, sit down and go, now let's develop a three-point sermon so we can tell everybody what happened. They just told their story. They said, well, you won't believe what we all, we saw angels and it's the Messiah and we saw the baby. And they told their story and people were astonished. They didn't stand up and say, you know, Isaiah the prophet told us more than a thousand years ago that on this day, in this place, they didn't know all that stuff. They just knew their story. Their story was that angels that appeared to them, they saw the Messiah and their life would be different. I think for ages they told the story. I imagine their kids said, hey, we've heard that story. That's what my kids say every time I start to repeat the same story. I imagine their grandkids were like, Hopefully, hey, Grandpa, tell us that story about the angels. I think something as we move from the Christmas season, we need to be better about telling our story. We need better about telling what, and it, it doesn't have to be anybody else's story. It's just your story. If you know Jesus, you have a story. If you know Jesus, if you're a Christ follower, we know that we were sinners and we needed a Savior and Jesus was it. And he died for us and his spirit lives in us and everything's different. Now, if all you have is religion, you might not have a story. But if you have Jesus, you have a story. And other people need to hear it. Isn't it amazing how, how everybody's been free with Merry Christmas in this last season? Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. You know, we think that's our level of evangelism. If we say Merry Christmas, we've taken one for God. You know, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Listen, I was at the beach yesterday. Everybody was saying Merry Christmas, and a lot of them I know did not know Jesus. Okay? But they were saying Merry Christmas. Saying Merry Christmas is great. It doesn't mean you're a Christ follower, and it doesn't really have a lot of impact on other people, but it is something that we can continue in that energy, in that story. But what are we going to say instead? 
we're not going to say Merry Christmas or people think, you know, you're just really weird. But you could say, hey, God bless you. Hey, God bless you. Hey, I'm praying for God's blessing on your life. Who's going to argue with that? Don't, don't, you know, they're not going to do that. But it may be an opening for our story, for us just to say, hey, God's blessing on your life. Pray God blesses you. God bless. If we would say that with the same enthusiasm that we said Merry Christmas, maybe the people that heard the shepherds that said all who heard were astonished, maybe the people around us would be a little more astonished about our walk with God. I love the Christmas season. It's over. (laughs) But there are some things we can continue. After Jesus was born, the story had just gotten started. And so can our story. So let's not put it all back in a box. Let's not put all the great times, the great memories, the great attitudes. Let's not put it in a box until next Christmas. Let's continue with that. Let's hold some things in our heart and let's think about them often and let's put them into place and let's celebrate those things often. Let's choose some routes that will walk us closer to God and let's tell our story so that the people around us that don't know Jesus will ask and be astonished and want to know. Last week, I didn't think much of the day after Christmas. Thank God he adjusted my attitude. I kind of like the prospects moving forward. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word, your patience, your spirit. I love how you speak to every area of our life. And God, I thank you that we've just had an amazing season of celebration. God, may it not stop. God, I pray that everything that we enjoy about the season, we will carry into this new year, into every day of our lives. May people see the amazing God that we serve. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We pray this message has been a blessing to you. If we can pray for you or encourage you in any capacity, please let us know at FCCFM.org.